I thought I was supposed to be a part of that song. Give it up for the worship team, for sweet baby James Taylor, and for all the moms and grandmas in the house. We love you. Come on, give it up for mom today. Every mom online, all the men of Lansing Correctional, can we give them some love too? No one like mom. No one like, in fact, you know, there was a great guitar solo. Originally, I was supposed to do a saxophone solo there, but it wasn't about me, it's about God. So I didn't want to take all the credit, but uh, moms, you're so vital and special and important, obviously the raising of kids, but for the building of the kingdom of God. And we're so grateful for all, every mom, every grandma, every spiritual mom that pours into others, sacrifices in ways that we don't see, the significance of your life, uh, I think, Eternity will resonate with the sacrifice and surrender of all the amazing moms at Kingdom City Church. Can we give it up for them? They're awesome. And to my lovely wife, mother of my three amazing kids, Liz, I love you so much. The most amazing partner in life, in the raising of our family, in the building of church. Uh, you make everyone better. And I love you so much. So grateful. My mom probably watching online. Mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day to you. You know, it wasn't long ago, um, it wasn't long ago, I, I learned a valuable lesson about my own capacity. Um, Liz was going away for like five days to a, uh, a woman's leadership gathering. Um, I don't know what they did there, they gathered. They lived, they loved, they laughed. I don't know, it was good. He says, I'm gonna be gone for five days. I'm like, that's great. And um, I'll help you pack the kids and it'll be great. Like, oh, they're staying here, all three of them, for five days. Are you sure you don't want more support by, do you want me to come with you? Could be your armor bearer. Uh, and uh, it felt like 500 days, if I'm, I'm honest. Now she set me up for success. She had everything laid out and I got up that first day and I was ready to rock. I was like, dad game going to be on point. And as we were walking out of the house on the way to school, my oldest, Blair, says, hey, Dad, where's our lunch? I was like, honey, you don't understand. We're a very spiritual family. We fast and pray for the salvation of your school. And uh, sure enough, Liz already had it prepared in the fridge. She's just amazing, so I'm grateful. Mom's got it cornered on capacity. They do so many things that you do not see, but I promise many of you are here today because of the unseen things that she has done in serving and loving and praying for you. So one more time, can we give it up to mom? See the best. Love you, Lizzie. I wanna bring a message uh, today that speaks to moms, that speaks to all of us. When it comes to capacity, I'm not talking about your multitask ability. I'm not talking about how many windows you can open on your phone or on your computer and pretend like you're getting things done. I'm talking about your capacity to trust in God. And when you feel empty, where do you go to get your divine flow? That if you came in here today and you're running on fumes, that God would regenerate and revive your faith personally. But also you wouldn't believe just for enough for you to get by for the next day, but you would then pursue God at a deeper level because it's something going on in the world that's bigger than you. And we need every believer functioning at the fullness of their faith for us to see all that God wants to do, to see kingdom come in our city, through our church, in your own marriage, in your household, in your workplace. For God to do more, we've got to learn to believe for more. 
And I think even in the last few years, even since the pandemic, people have been okay with just enough. But over time, you will find that is not enough to fulfill every dream in your heart and every desire that God has placed there. And it's my hope today that as I get to speak to you, an amazing story that we find in the Word of God, that God would enlarge your expectation for the more that He created your life for, that you would believe God for an increase in your capacity. You get 168 hours in a week. Doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, young or old, we all get the same amount of time. It's not a time problem to accomplish everything that God has for you. It is a faith or a scarcity of faith situation that God wants to fix. Because you can't change your time, but you can. You can grow your capacity of trusting in God. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you put your faith in Him. As you trust in Him, may God fill you more. So that you don't just have enough for yourself. No, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As you continue to have faith or put your trust in God, He will continue to fill your heart with joy and peace and hope that what overflows not just to you, but to the lives of the people around you. If you are worn out, you came to the right place. If you are empty, you made the right decision to show up in church. Because I am not gonna promise you you're gonna leave here at the brim. But I will tell you that God's word will give you some steps to take in your own personal devotion and faith to him. They won't just give you enough to succeed for another week or another year or survive a difficult season. He wants your life so filled with his goodness by the power of the Holy Spirit that it changes the world around you. Today we're gonna learn from the word of God how to start living in the overflow. Not living empty, not living with just enough, but where there's so much more in you that God is doing that it changes the world around you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. First and foremost, for every mom, every grandma in the room, where would we be apart from them? I pray also for those that have a difficult situation or scenario, maybe the loss of a loved one or a mother in their life, or maybe a strange. Lord, I thank you for your healing power, and I thank you for your grace that is sufficient. Thank you for those that are believing to become mothers, that they they will have a beautiful child one day, that you've got the perfect plan of heaven at work in their life. But for every one of us, every son and daughter in the house today that is feeling empty, God, we've come to meet with you. Would you encourage us by your word and make it personal by the power of the Holy Spirit that we wouldn't just get through another week, but we get into a new season of overflow for every single area of our life. That you would expand our capacity, not to do more, but to trust you more more faith, and more overflow in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, can I get an amen? Amen, amen and a amen. We're gonna look at a couple parents, and we're just gonna touch on dads, because dad, today ain't your day. Just so you know, today ain't your day. You get no say in today. This is your one day to serve. Now, we see really great attendance at church on Mother's Day, because one thing that mom wants is for their kids to join them at church. And if you reluctantly came to church, don't clap. Just let you know we're glad that you're here. And your mom loves you enough to make sure that she gets you in God's house so you don't go to hell. Ah. Uh, okay. Ah. Uh, now on Father's Day, attendance gets a little dicier. This just shows you the power of a godly woman. 
Proverbs 31, let's get the kids to church. Father's Day in June, let's go to the golf course. And if that is you, dads, I'm just gonna let you know, if that is you, that I'm just praying a curse over your golf game, <laughs> that you will get a spirit of shank in your life that you will not shake off until you spend Father's Day here at Kingdom City. Anyways, I hear to bring blessing, not cursing. Mark chapter nine, there's a dad with a dilemma. His uh, child is sick and he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, can you do this for him? Can you do this for me? Can you take care of my kid? And Jesus says in Mark 9, 23, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? And Jesus asks, you know that anything is possible if a person believes. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and with tears says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe you can, but I'm struggling. Do you really have the power? Do you really have the strength? Does the heart of God really care about this struggle, this situation, this crisis? I think that's where some of you are at in your faith walk. You know God is good, and we have the proof of the cross, that we know that we, he loved us first, but when it comes to the specific situation, maybe it's in your inner world, your heart, your soul, maybe it's an outer situation, your career, maybe it's with your spouse and the tensions in your marriage or the raising of your kids, you're wondering, God, can you actually do it? I want to believe, but I don't have the capacity to fully trust you. But Jesus says anything and everything is there for those that would actually give me their whole heart of Faith. In other words, I want to overflow an expectation, but my faith seems a little, a little dry. This connects and correlates with an Old Testament story uh, about a mother, a mother in a dire situation, a mother who's running on E, a mother whose faith is on fumes, and her current season is that which of incredible struggle. In fact, this was in our Bible reading plan just this last week, 2 Kings chapter 4. This mom is empty. She's got a capacity problem, and yet God is about ready to take her to overflow. And in the same way that God did it for her, in the same way that God healed that child through Jesus, the same way that God worked back then, he wants to work in your life as well. And although your story might be different and your struggle might not be the same, we're still learning about the character of God and how he works. And what today you're going to get is I don't believe uh, that everyone here is going to get a miracle in a moment, although I believe God can do that, and we're going to pray for that in a few moments. But I do believe you can get some momentum and start taking steps of faith that will lift the lid off of your capacity to trust God. And over time, by the Holy Spirit, like it says in Romans, he will fill you up so full of him and his goodness and his grace and his love and his joy and his peace in your inside world that it won't just satisfy your weary soul and spirit. It will start changing the lives of the people around you. That's living in the overflow. And so we can look at this, we'll look at the story piece by piece, and I'm gonna give you some questions to ask to get your heart ready for the expansion and the design that God desired and has destined your life for. Second Kings 4, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. In other words, she was married to a prophet. And she cried out to the big prophet at the time, Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, he's dead. And you know that he was a good man. In other words, he, 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 the servant feared the Lord. He was a godly man. But he died, and he died unexpectedly, and he's left us with this debt, and the creditor is coming. 
And the only thing I have to give them to satisfy the debt is my own two kids, my two sons. She's in a dire situation where she doesn't know where to go and she doesn't know how God is gonna take care of her family. That really the death of her husband has put her in a dilemma, in a deficit, and she needs God's help to get out. And she's just asking for the credit to be paid somehow, some way, but God has other things in store. And some of you are praying prayers, just believing for a little bit, or just a little satisfied soul, or a little peace in your spirit, and God actually wants to tell you, just like Jesus spoke to the man, what do you mean if I could handle that? I can do anything, and I can do everything if you have the faith to believe. If you have the faith to believe. And she gets her faith up by, by being obedient, and we'll see in a moment that there's a miracle that is in motion here that will change not just her scenario or her emptiness in that moment, but will bless her for the rest of her life. She gets faith-filled and discovers God is faithful. First question I have, if you want to start living in the overflow in your inside world, in your capacity, is you need to ask yourself, why do I need it? What is the it? Why do I need that, that thing I'm believing for, that, that peace of mind, that joy from the Holy Spirit? Why do I need this, this career move to work? Why do, I, why, do I, why, do, why do I need this thing that I'm actually asking God for his help in? Her request was, was simply, I, I need to make sure that my kids can fulfill their purpose, that they can, I mean, that's the most motherly thing of all time, that my kids have the freedom that they need to fulfill, to fulfill purpose. And we know that God is good, we know that he loves us, and we know that he wants to do something through us. But if you really want your capacity to forever change, you don't just pray prayers that help you for a moment. You start praying bigger prayers that God does something greater that matters for eternity. In other words, the more selfless your faith, the more overflow you can expect. The more it isn't about you, the more great things God does through you and even to you. And how do you know if your faith is selfless? It's very simple. If God answered every one of your prayer requests today, would it just change you or would it change the world? And I want to build a church that we're believing for something more than just ourselves. And God cares deeply about your marriage thriving. And God cares deeply about your kids fulfilling their purpose. And God cares deeply, even about the little physical aches and pains and sickness and disease. He is a healer. He is a restorer. He is a redeemer. But God cares deeply about revival sweeping the nations. Because if he only wanted us for relationship for eternity, the moment we surrendered to him, we would have gone home to be with him. But he's left us here. He's not left us behind, but he's left us here with a strategic purpose. As we talk about a kingdom city, we're building people that bring heaven to earth. And this earth needs more of heaven. It needs you to the fullness of the faith. It needs your capacity enlarged. This world needs the overflow of what God wants to pour in you and out of you and through you as a conduit to the world around you. If God answered all your prayers, would it just make your day better, your financial situation better, your relationship status better, or would it bring more heaven to earth? And let me just tell you, ask for it all. Don't just pray this false humility prayer, God, if you can use me for someone else. No, that's your heavenly Father who owns everything. That's the king of heaven who's in charge of everything for all time, that by him and through him all things were created. And friends, he, what, Jesus says, what do you mean if? 
if I can handle the situation. No, anything is possible to him who believes. But why do we ask of God? If he already knows, because God's in a relationship. This is a relationship. We, 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 when we learn to find his character through the word of God, and we learned that he cares for us by the spirit of God speaking to our hearts, we know how much we matter to God. And yet, even though he knows what you need to fulfill what he's asking of you, he wants to be in relationship with you. This is why he wants to talk to you. And we should ask for more. In fact, your Bible says that we can ask for the nations as our inheritance, and he'll give it to us. That he wants to do something that is worldwide and eternal through your life. This is why you need greater capacity in your faith. So verse 2, Elijah said to her, what do you want me to do for you? And tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing, nothing in the house. Well, I, I do have one thing, she says. I've got nothing, but you know, I got one little jar of oil. Literally, think about it. This is her last possession. She's probably sold everything or consumed everything just to stay alive. Talk about running on empty. All she has left in her capacity is one little jar of oil. So God, the first thing we start talking about is why, why do you want this? Is this just about you, which God cares deeply about? Or is it about God working through you? Start praying bigger prayers that the blessing of heaven would show up on your life, that the peace that surpasses all understanding would guard your heart and mind, that your inner world would be so strong you could help other people with their anguish, that your resources would be enlarged as you honor God and pursue him, and he blesses an open heaven over your career, and you start being a blessing to every people that are around you. Like, it's about you, but it's about what God does through you. And if you want to start leveraging what you have, you need to ask, well, what do I have? What has God actually given me? And most of you would answer like she started to answer, nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing but this relationship. I got nothing but these problems. I got nothing but these bills. I don't know what you would answer, but then she comes to her recollection. No, I have nothing, but I actually have one thing. But how could God ever use that? What could God ever do with this little that I have? I'm not as gifted as them. I only have this, so I might as well not try. Because all I have is just a little a little jar of oil. But what we learn to find is that your faith grows and the lid of your faith lifts in the leverage of your faith. Leverage is taking something small or smaller and moving something bigger. Taking something smaller and using it for something greater. This is how faith works. God changes the world through people leveraging their little for something greater. He saved all of humanity through a little child, through one man. He changed all of humanities and changed all, changed all of history. Jesus is the one who teaches us this. A mustard seed of faith can actually move mountains. Little can do big. David learned this when there was a, a giant defying God. Could God have struck down uh, Goliath with a lightning bolt? Of course he could have. But he says, no, I'm gonna teach you a lesson about how faith works. Faith stands in the face of resistance and oppression and attack and takes that little sling that you have in that little stone to defeat great big problems. Think about the feeding of the thousands of the multitudes in the New Testament. Where'd they take a couple little pieces of fish and bread? A filet fish faith, right? <laughs> and God not only fed the masses, but there was, what, overflow. There was more as he met the needs of others for his disciples to have 
to have more. What do you have? And you start to realize that your small becomes significant when you put it into God's hands. It might not be much to you, but when you leverage it towards God, you're getting the greatest change agent and power of all of history involved in your story. So there's an ingredient that's needed for activation of faith. And friends, you probably have it. I would say this, you have it in your life right now. Well, I don't have a lot of time. Well, cut out something else to pursue God. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a lot of resource. Well, go without some things that you think right now are necessary and realize you can actually live without those things. And you learn how to leverage that and serve God. That there is plenty in your 168 hours in a week, there's plenty of time for you to find, for you to pursue the presence of God. And if you will pour it out for him, he will fill you up for his glory in a way where it changes not just the story, but like for this woman, it changes generations. There's a generational change that's coming to your life when you learn how to leverage your little with what you have for the big thing that God has designed for you. So he sends her out in verse three, go and borrow some more containers, get some vessels, go everywhere. Like from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Don't gather just a few. If you want to really lift the lid of your capacity and of your faith, if you want to start living in the overflow, here's a key question. It's not about what you can take from people. It's about who imparts into your life, who is around you. You start to look around you, and if you don't like where you're at, it's probably because you might be spending time or giving too much influence to people that do not need to have a voice in your current season and definitely should not have a voice into where you're going in the life of victory that God has for you. Who is around you? If they, are they faith builders? Are they faith fillers? Are they people that you can lean on? Can, people that can remind you of what you're called to and who you're called to, to be in Christ? We see here at Kingdom City. Are they friends of your future? Not just friends of your yesterday and not just friends of where you're at right now, but as iron sharpens iron, you're in contact with people that are making you better for the future that God is destined in preparing you for. Says to find them in church, Hebrews chapter 10, the author of Hebrews says, let us consider how we can spur one another on. Do you realize what it's saying? Is every once in a while, you need a kick in the side. Like every once in a while, you need someone to say, hey, that's not who you are. There's better for your life. God has more for your life. Let me encourage you with this word. God's been speaking to me to tell you this. Let, let, let's consider how much we can do that for one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. It goes on to say, do this all the more as the days get darker. In other words, the worse it's going in the world, the more we need to get together and the more we need to encourage one another. That's why if, if this isn't a fit for you and you come every once in a while, you need to find a spiritual family to invest in. Because ultimately, yes, you will have a part to play, but the significance of the next season of your life will be as you get planted in God's house, you will flourish no matter what the scenario of the world around you is like. We have next steps here, and if you haven't been to it, it takes just a minute. But for some of you, this is your season to get out of casually attending where I'm just your preacher every once in a while and start being pastored in this church as God leads us to great places together as a family of faith. The scripture says we get together and we encourage each other to do greater things for God because life is, is, bigger, is bigger than us. Who is around you? What kind of attitude do they carry? 
what, what do they say about your God dreams and desires? And if you value your future, and you should, then you should investigate your friendships and your relationships. Well, I don't have anyone like that in life. You'll find one in one week if you'll try. And if you don't find one, be one. Start speaking life and hope into others and watch and see this is the way that the kingdom operates. When you sow, you will, you will reap. So she goes around to every relationship and she borrows as many as she can leverage. And I think sometimes relationships are like little keys that open big doors in our life. They're the leverage of our relationships that God begins to lift the lid off of our, off of our life. And then he says in verse four, when you, and when you have come in, in other words, you came back, you got all the vessels, you got all the empty jars, shut the door behind you and your sons, and then, but pour it out. Pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Pretty amazing story. He says, go around and gather everything empty. She was not asking for money. She was asking for just capacity. She's asking just for space. She's asking just for place for God to do something. And as she obeys the man of God, as she obeys, if you will, the word of God to her, then she takes it and she doesn't make a big show of it. He says, go to the private place. Go to the private place. You wanna expand your capacity? This is really, if I, if I could only say one thing to you today, let me ask you this question. What, what do you do in private? Because it matters for your public. It matters for your promotion. What you do when no one is around is more significant than how you posture and pretend when everyone's looking. Every believer can put on their Sunday face. And some of you need to do it right now. Can, I, can a pastor get a smile? but it's when no one else is watching where God does the greatest works. Shut the door. It's about private devotion before public promotion. Two words that will change your life. Obey God. Obey God. Two more words. Pursue God. He wants your heart. Not just your following of what people will deem the rules. No, this is the way that we live with others and with God in relationship. This is the way we honor his word. And although there's many out there to try to cancel the truth of God's word, we just have enough faith that the one that gave his son for us gets to set the rules. And we'll trust that this is the way, as the Bible says, that we live with life and godliness. In other words, how we live with this life and do it in the way that God designed and desires. And then as we pursue God in private, it is like a seed that you plant into the soil. No one can see it. It's buried. But until it goes into that private place, it can never produce what it was called to produce. And I've discovered over the years there's plenty of critics and plenty of talkers and sadly, not enough doers. This is why Jesus says, don't just hear this, do it. Put it into practice. And I would say this, put it into practice in private that I am obeying God when no one is watching. And I am pursuing God if it means I, I don't take a lunch and I'm just on my knees worshiping him. The more desperate the situation, the more drive you should have to obey and to pursue. And if you mix those things together, I promise you God will begin to remove every lid and every barrier he will break through because you are an open and empty vessel. The kind he loves to pour out his anointing, his favor, his blessing, his fulfillment his resource. 
Holy Spirit will lead you to overflow as you hear and as you obey because the best strategy for your life is not found on Google. It is not found by uh, some self-help book that you read. Those can be beneficial, sure. But there is a voice from heaven for your life. Next week as we continue our Holy Spirit Upper Room series, I'm gonna answer some questions about how, how do we know that voice? How do we follow that voice? How do we obey that voice? And Charlie, one word from God can radically change your story, not just your situation. He can change your history and your future in a moment. This is why we obey. This is why we pursue. It's private devotion before public promotion. Ecclesiastes 11 says, farmers who wait for perfect weather, they'll never plant. If you're waiting for everything to align before you obey, it ain't coming. If you watch every cloud, like, oh, it's going to be rain. I, I got to get the seed into the soil now. You'll, you'll never harvest, it says. So that thing that you're holding on, this is like, this is the last bit of oil that I've got. This is my little dream. This is my gifting. This is my opportunity. This is his last thing. And God says, no, I need you to put this in the soil of surrender now. Not when it seems convenient. And not when it seems like an ideal scenario, because you'll always be left holding it. Isn't that what the... Um, the, the, the one servant with the talent did. He took his one and he was so intimidated by the market, so intimidated by what could go wrong that he sat on it. And yet the ones that chose to sow it, the ones that chose to surrender it, the one that chose to, to obey what the master asked received the, the reward, received the, the overflow. So it's no longer if I, if I could, I would. Don't let that be a limiting excuse in your life. It's what is God asking and what does it look like to obey? Because when you do, when you do, you will. You will see the goodness of God. You will see forgiveness in that relationship. You will see reconciliation. You will see the peace that surpasses all understanding. You will see the provision of an open heaven over your life. As God says, what do you have in your house and what will you do when no one else is watching? Verse chapter five, so she went from him and shut the door behind her. I love this. The next thing she does, what is it? Immediate obedience. Whew. Immediate obedience, her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. She did her part. Now God does his part. I love this phrase. Now it came to pass. What's that gonna look like in your life? When the now of God comes to pass, when the next thing he's been wanting to do, maybe through your family tree, through the lineage of your life, finally there's one servant that will pour it out. There's finally one that will obey. And I don't know when your now is. I'm not saying it's in the next 24 hours. I'm just saying you can do the same thing she did. You can follow the same path that she did. You'd be quick to obey, to pursue God, to leverage your right relationships, to get in the right place when no one else is watching, and to pour it out in private and watch and see. Now it comes to pass. God does his part. Every single vessel was full. And she says, bring me another one. Bring me another one. And, it's, and, and the kids, or the sons originally said, hey, easy, DJ Khaled. There's no more. Another one's okay. There's no more other ones, right? That's it. And so she comes back to the prophet. She comes back to prophet in, in, a, in verse seven. And he said, go, go and sell the oil and pay your debt. And then you, listen, this is the overflow. 
All she wanted was to save her kids, but she actually got to sustain them for the rest of their life. All she wanted was enough to get by, to get out of that barrier, that baggage that was on her. All she just needed was a little relief from the tension and the pain. And she actually got the blessing of God on her life. It says, you and your sons can live on the rest. What you will find as you begin to pour it out in private and as it comes to pass with the timing of God is that your ability to believe will never catch up with God's ability to perform. It will never catch up. Jesus says, what do you mean, if I can? Anything is possible if you will have the capacity to believe. Yes, there's a process. Yes, there's a timing of God. The kingdom operates with seed in the soil. Private, behind the scenes, no one can see I am planted in him. It's time. It takes time to produce. And the longer you wait, the greater the harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. And if you want your capacity to increase, you start obeying quickly. You start pursuing wholeheartedly. You start honoring him when no one else is watching. You limit the fakers and the haters around you. Because they might have loved you for who you were, but they do not love who you are becoming. Because your kingdom pursuit will outpace other people's obedience. And as you live that way, in seed and time and harvest, it will not just be enough for another year. It won't be just enough to pay the debt. It won't just be enough to have a little bit of peace. Romans says the Holy Spirit will fill you to overflow with so much love, so much joy, so much peace. It will saturate the world around you. And friends, that's why the church exists. We don't just come to get a spiritual fix. We come to get full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and power. The blessing and favor of heaven. So as it is in heaven, let it be here on the earth, in our life, in your family, and in your future. So we can change the world around us because it needs changing. And it needs you to break through the barriers and lift the lids of your capacity and of your faith to him who is able, Paul says to the church in Ephesus. Yeah, he's able. Anything is possible to him who believes. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could hope for, ask for, dream about, imagine. Verse 21 says he does it through the church for the glory of God. In other words, it's not just about you. God will take care of you as you start enlarging your capacity to trust and to obey. The oil, oil represents, it represents anointing. It represents, for her, it represents resource. It represents in the Bible, presence of God, the power of God. I don't know what you need more of, but there's more for you. It's your portion. My question to you is, what will your portion be? What will your portion be? Well, I only have this little thing. God's saying, no, no. Seek me in the little. Obey me in the little. He is faithful with little. What the Bible says will be over much. You got the capacity to trust in a little. I'll enlarge. I'll lift the lid. I'll expand your faith, your heart, your life much. Final thought for us when it comes to overflow in your faith. Never stop making room. Never quit making room. Make more room. Life is good, 401k is padded. Headed to the next season, more room. Just finished my degree, starting my career, doing pretty good, make more room. I'm empty, 
I'm worn out, I'm tired, make room. Pour out what you got. God will get you more. God will fill you up by the Holy Spirit in new ways. God will change your life and the lives of the people around you. You know, I'm not in this story, but if I, if I knew this in hindsight, if I was her or one of her sons, and I knew, because all I knew is he didn't get empty jars. He doesn't say, I'm gonna fill them all up. He just says, pour it out, watch and see. But if I knew what God was about ready to do, I'd be going back with some buckets. Would you not, anyone else? Like, I, she's just thinking my debt's gonna be settled. My kids might be saved. God's like, no, I'm going to provide for all of their needs for the rest of your life. I am gonna set you up. I'm gonna set you up. And some of you, the empty season you're in right now is a setup. It's a setup where God is seeing. I'm not saying it caused all of it. Some of it's the world we live in. Some of it's our own decisions that we make. Climate and the atmosphere of this world is chaotic and we live in it. And even though we're in this world, we're not of this world. And that's why God sometimes steps back and says, what will you do with that which I have given you? You're asking for this for yourself, but what if I blew the lids off of everything and poured out so much favor and blessing and, and, and your portion is so significant that it changes the world around you? And so I don't know about you, but I would get more room. Because even if you ask like the greatest, most audacious, unimaginable Ephesians 3.20 prayers, God answered half of them. Wouldn't you want that half to be an overflow more than enough? Believe more. Your capacity to trust him will grow. The blessing, the favor of heaven will fall on your life. You'll be so filled with it, like it says in Romans, that it will saturate the world around you. Because when it, the containers are full, the oil is stopped. So I don't know about you, but I always want to be living in the outpour. I always want to be living in the pouring about, out, pouring out. I'll be honest with you, last couple of years, um, Liz and I can attest, last few years, like there's been a lot of, God is pouring something out in our church right now. It's, it's, it's evident. Salvations, the baptisms. I mean, when we dedicate kids, there's new kids, like you guys are figuring that thing out real quick. Like kids are flowing, it's, it's awesome. God's given us a new vessel, an empty space in South KC that seats, potentially eventually triple what's in this room. It's unbelievable. So we got space, but it's been a pour out season. And I would speak to the faithful part of those in the kingdom crew, those are part of the church family and team. You guys have been faithful. You guys have poured it out. But I think God has wanted to do something, not just in your life and all of us together as a family of faith, that we just start spurring each other on to believe greater. That we would be the voices of encouragement they would say, hey, go get every container you can. Pour out all that you got because we're starting to see the first early rains of revival. I, we're sensing it in our church, it's happening in the nation, it's going on around the world, and it's about ready to be a move of God so great that builds his church that we could never take credit for. I don't know about you, but all I, all I know is I wanna be in. And if I gotta empty out everything I've got for God to fill it up, I'll do it again. 13 years as a church coming up. Let's do it again. I don't know how long you've been following Jesus, but if you've gotten comfortable in your place of capacity, lift the lid again. Because the more we walk in faith and the more that we honor God and the more we obey in the private place, the more public promotion, not of us, but of Jesus that can flow through this house. Amen. Now it came to pass. What are we gonna do right now? 
So everything that God wants to bring to pass can happen in our future. You stand to your feet, I wanna pray for you. If you're empty today, if your faith is on fumes, if you're just tired, maybe you're like that man in Mark 9, it's like, I wanna believe, but help me in my unbelief. I wanna take the steps. I, 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 I don't even know, is this gonna work? If that's you, I wanna pray for you. Can you just bow your heads, just give some space. No one's looking around, it's just you and God. If you're just kinda at the end of your rope and trusting Him, and you want the limit lifted off your life, the lid lift off your life, can you just lift your hand today? Say, Pastor Kyle, really what you're saying is, God, I need your help. I need your help, I need your help, I need more from you. I'm reaching out to you to put your hands down. Father God, I thank you for every lifted hand that represents the heart of a son or a daughter that you so deeply love, that you love, and you brought them here today to bring some hope and some encouragement where they need it the most. There's been a spirit of discouragement over them. It's been rampant in the world. I think the enemy is always trying to antagonize the, the devoted believer to get them to question the power of their God and the care and concern of their Heavenly Father. So by the whisper of the Holy Spirit to their own heart, would you just affirm in them who they are to you? Just like that woman who came to the, the prophet because she wanted to take care of her kids. We can boldly enter to the throne room because of our one true high priest and ask what we need from our Father in our time. So we're coming to you empty, God, and we're gonna pour it out at your feet. And we're asking you to fill us fresh and new. I speak where there's been discouragement, there's faith. Where there's been frustration, there's faith. Where there's been failure, I speak faith. Where there's been limitations, I speak faith. Where there needs to be more devotion behind the scenes, or they have the faith to trust you. That when they are following you wholeheartedly, when no one else is watching, you're going to promote them publicly. You're going to bless and favor their life. So for every empty heart, Lord, I thank you. You fill it to overflow above and beyond by the power of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Circumstances change today in Jesus' name. Brokenness is restored today in Jesus' name. Heartache is healed today in Jesus' name. Marriages are healed today in Jesus' name. Hopelessness is gone because Jesus is here. What do you mean if? That we're gonna have what our faith expects and we expect the goodness of God in the land of the living. The favor of the Father is falling in this place. The overflow of the oil is our portion in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed and eye closed, if you're here and you're far from Jesus, you're here and you need to come back home or you've never surrendered your life to Him. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about you've accepted the gift of His grace and you're going to live for Him. If you're here and you need a fresh start with Jesus, no looking around, we're gonna pray a prayer all together as one big family. But if that is you, maybe mama brought you today. This is her greatest prayer of her life. Just like that widow, she was saying, if my, only my sons could get saved. No matter where you're at, God has already chosen to forgive you and he has paid the price for your sins on the cross by the giving of his perfect son, Jesus. But your part to play, to receive that portion of grace and forgiveness, a relationship with him, is just to say yes to him 
to receive it. It's a free gift. You couldn't earn it. Definitely didn't deserve it, but God has given it to you. With no one looking around, just being you and God. If you're here and you need a fresh start with Jesus, you can give your heart to him. Can you just raise your hands and ask God, this is me today. This prayer matters to me. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, there's six, there's seven, there's eight, there's nine, there's 10, there's 11, there's 12, there's 13. I can't count them all. There's 14 in the back. Maybe that's you online or at Lansing. The best part of serving. The overflow of God's grace here is that he's saving lives of those around us. Hands down, head up, eyes open. Everybody better have a smile on their face because this is a homecoming moment. Would you pray this prayer with me? Come on, everyone together as one family. Say, dear God, I know that you love me so much so. You sent Jesus to save my life. My rescuer went to the cross, paid for my sins. Sin is defeated. So is the grave. I am free. I am forgiven. I'm a child of God. From this day forward, I'm going after Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. My life is not my own. It's been bought with a price. God, I honor you, I live for you, I'm all yours, in Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate? Beautiful.